You know, I've met a lot of nice people at Faith Westwood. Uh, you know, what would you consider a nice person? A nice person is cordial and polite, has good manners. And so some of you fake it pretty well, yeah. But, you know, we call it Nebraska nice. Uh, interestingly, though, the word nice does not appear in the Bible. Did you know that? It's not in there. However, you will find the word kind and the word kindness. Those are richer, deeper words. A person who is kind is generous and empathetic and helpful. Uh, you probably heard now that the Omaha area schools are doing this year-long theme. They've just started called hashtag be kind. Um, do you know how it got started? I'll, I'll tell you the story. In January 2016, a 15-year-old Ralston High student, Reed Adler, took his life. He was the son of Ralston's superintendent and his wife, Mark and Joni Adler. They're related to the Adler family here at Faith Westwood. After that, Ralston Public Schools adopted Be Kind as their year-long theme. And one day, Mark Adler was visiting with uh, Millard Schools uh, superintendent, Jim Sutphin, and they were talking about it, and that's when the whole vision for hashtag be kind got a whole lot bigger. Now it is the theme for public and parochial schools all over the metro. Uh, the school boards even adopted August 24th, a couple weeks ago, as Be Kind Day. And I thought, what a wonderful way to celebrate my birthday. <laughs> huh? And, and, uh, and then Mayor Jean Stafford even proclaimed August 24th as Be Kind Day for the city of Omaha. By the way, here's a photo of the, of the mayor's official proclamation. It was signed by her, but a lot of other people, including, as you'll see here, John Witzel, who's the president of the Nebraska State School Board, who now regularly worships at Faith Westwood. Uh, here are all the teachers of uh, the Bellevue Public Schools showing their support for hashtag be kind. Fortunately, they even spelled it right. Yeah. Um, I, had a, I had a conversation a couple months ago with a Millard Schools official, and I expressed my concern about how hard it is to do something like this and for the students to really make it their own. Because so often it just seems like something that's imposed upon them by all the, the adults in their lives. And after a while, or pretty quickly, they're going to get sick of it. And, and, and she acknowledged, you know, how, what a challenge that is. And so I had to really pray about whether or not I wanted to add to all of this by doing a series on Be Kind Ourselves. And yet I also remember back in January when uh, uh, Dr. Jim Sutphin spoke to about 30 of us clergy uh, who, who are, have churches in his district, and I remember just hearing the passion and urgency in his voice about how important this is. And he asked specifically for our support. He didn't tell us what to do, but he asked for our support. And one reason I decided to go ahead and have this series is because I believe it's important to teach kindness from Jesus' point of view. And so that's what we're doing during this four-Sunday series. 
So let's open our Bibles to uh, the uh, gospel about Jesus that was written by Luke. If you're using the Pew Bible, you'll see it on page 1033. It's Luke 6. Uh, we're going to go first to verse 35. And if you're here today and you don't call yourself a disciple of Jesus, that's okay. I'm glad you're here. I believe that you're going to take something home with you today that you can begin to think about and use and live out in your own life. And, and if you wish you had a Bible and you don't have one, then that pew Bible, just take it. It's yours. We'd love, we, it makes us excited we see when somebody takes home a Bible. Or we'll stick another one in after the service. And if you're wondering, oh, well, I got a Bible, where do I start reading? Well, we're reading from this biography about Jesus written by Luke the physician. So that would be an ideal place to start reading. Now, verse 35 summarizes the previous eight verses. So please follow along. Jesus says, but love your enemies do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is, what? And say the next word with me, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. About 20 years after Jesus, uh, uh, Paul and Barnabas, they were talking to a crowd, mostly Gentiles, about God's kindness. Here it is. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their season. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Every person on the planet has received kindness from God. Did you know that? And yet we have to remember, we have to consciously think about where does all this kindness really come from? You know, the ancient Israelites, they didn't want to repeat the mistakes that their ancestors had made. So in Psalm 106, they prayed, oh, they said, they did not remember your many kindnesses, Lord. They knew that their ancestors forgot that this, all this kindness came from God. And if we are going to be kind people, if we're going to be kind, then we, here's, where, here's where we have to start. We have to remember God's kindness to us. Do you think about that? God's kindness to you? What if you asked yourself this question? How has God shown kindness to me recently? What would you, how would you answer that? What if you had a pen and paper? You started making a list. Would it be a long list? Could you think of something? So what we're going to do here is uh, I'm going to give you a few minutes to gather up with just a few people and just share at least one way you would answer that question. I'm going to give you about two minutes to share. And if you don't want to say anything, you don't have to. Uh, maybe you can't think of anything at the moment. That's fine. Uh, feel free just to listen. But I'm going to give you a couple minutes to uh, Join up with, uh, in groups of three or four, okay? And just answer this. How would you answer this question? How has God shown kindness to me recently? So kind of huddle up and take that for a couple minutes. Okay, how, how's it going? Did you all think of things? Seemed like you were easy to, to converse. People were pretty engaged and... And, uh, and so maybe it was easy to think of things, and yet 
we don't often stop to do it, do we? Think about the kindness of God. So now we're going to do something a little different than that. Uh, I'm going to give you, in just a little bit, a minute to meditate on three words. Based, come, based on Luke 6.35, here it is. God is kind. Will you say that with me? God is kind. So I'm going to ask you to hold that phrase in your mind and just let it rest there. Or you can calmly let those words repeat inside of you, uh, perhaps in sync with your breathing. And imagine this truth filling your entire body. God is kind. And imagine God's presence surrounding you like a bubble. So I'm going to give you a full minute just to meditate on that. Go ahead. Did that minute seem long? Sometimes minutes fly by, but when we're quiet, maybe especially if we're not used to it, it can, it can seem like a long time. But I hope you'll use this today as a model of something you might try again here during this week. Just meditate on those three words. God is kind. And I hope that you'll be drawn in to this kindness of God because that's where kindness begins. It's, it's hard, maybe even impossible, to be kind until we receive kindness. And when you receive God's kindness, it empowers you to be kind to yourself and to be kind to others. In Luke chapter 6, uh, Jesus tells us just how far he wants us to go with this kindness. Uh, let's go to verses 27 and 28. You still have your Bibles open? Okay. Follow with me there. Uh, but to you who are listening, I say, and then Jesus says to do four things, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. Now, what if you posted that on your bathroom mirror to look at every morning? Wouldn't that just blow your mind? Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Now, when Jesus says, love your enemies, he's not telling you how to feel. He's telling you how to act. Because in this life, we follow Jesus, we know that our feelings are not the most important thing. They are important, but they are not the most important thing because love is about a decision and action. Be kind is a decision and an action. And in verse 29, he says, if someone slaps you on the cheek, 
What do you do? Slap them back? Jesus says, no, try this. Turn to them the other cheek also. Now, back in those days and as well as now, a slap is more insult than injury, right? And if, and if there's going to be a follow-up slap, you're saying you'd rather receive it than give it. And then uh, Jesus says, if someone takes your coat, okay, let's, put, let's paint this picture. It's a warm afternoon, and you, you're having a little walk in the park, and you, you take off your jacket because it's getting kind of warm, and you, you lay it on the park bench, and you wander off a little bit. And then somebody quietly comes up and sits on that bench, and when they leave, they leave with your jacket. And you saw it. And you know who they are. And you know where they live. So that evening, you stop by their house. And you say, I noticed you took my jacket this afternoon, so I thought you must be cold, and I, I brought you a couple of sweaters. Isn't that what Jesus says? He says, do not withhold your shirt from them. Right? I mean, that's crazy. That's some crazy kind of kindness. Why not? Now, we could, we could take this passage through verse by verse. And, uh, however, um, most of this passage here in Luke was also, is also in Matthew's Gospel and the Sermon on the Mount, which I, I preached on that last fall. But so now I want to skip down to verse 34 because it has no parallel in Matthew. And, and it's really some radical stuff. So let's go there. Verse 34, Jesus says, and if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners led to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. Now, if that verse doesn't shock you, you weren't listening. Who ever heard of lending money without expecting repayment? Obviously, Jesus is not talking to banks, he's, but he is talking to disciples. You know, here's what I've decided to do based on this, and I've been doing it this way for, for several years, whenever I loan money to someone, I let it go. If they pay me back, fine. If they don't pay me back, also fine. In, and if they don't pay me back, that's okay, because in my brain, it was already gone. It's a gift. And, and if they don't pay me back, it's not going to damage my relationship with them. If they don't pay me back, I'm not even going to bring it up. Now, I have to confess that this approach may affect how much I'm willing to loan them. <laughs> I only loan an amount that I'd be okay if I don't get it back. And if I'm feeling antsy about, you know, really do I want to loan that much money and not get it back, then maybe I better not loan that much. I only loan what I'd be happy to give. Now, I don't tell them not to pay me back. Uh, I'm glad if they do, but I'm not going to sweat it if they don't. What do you think of that? You know, for me, and we all kind of have to find our own way to, 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 to live, you know, follow Jesus, but this is the way I've decided I'm going to do it and, and uh, try to practice kindness as well. Now, what's not obvious from the, uh, the you know, school area-wide hashtag be kind uh, campaign is that it's about more than kindness. It's about trying to create a culture uh, that doesn't allow bullying or racism 
or sexual harassment. It gives teachers and school administrators a platform from which they can enforce uh, these expectations. Um, and if you act like a, a bully or use racial slurs or you sexually harass someone, the school's not going to put up with it. And personally, I'm, I support that. Now, in Luke 6, Jesus isn't telling people in authority how to enforce culture. He's telling disciples how to live our daily lives in a way that will transform culture. Now, obviously, there are times when you get bullied, and the thing you've got to do is just get out of there. I mean, there's nothing in the Bible that says you need to keep going back to that bully and getting beat up over and over. But I also believe that God will give you opportunities to respond with kindness. When you pray for that bully, you are no longer the victim, right? When you, when you do good to them, you rise to a higher level. When you bless someone rather than curse them, you are defiantly refusing to let them define you. Romans 12, verse 20 in the New Testament quotes the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, and it says, if you're, here it is, if, you're any, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. You know what this means? Kindness is your best revenge. Kill them with kindness. You may even win them over. Now, our Jewish friends know this verse because, as I said, it also is found in the book of Proverbs. And so there's a, a story I'd like to share with you. Um, years ago, Michael Weiser was installed as the new cantor, uh, kind of a liturgical position, at the Jewish synagogue in Lincoln. And I know this story because I've read it in numbers of, a number of places. But I also know it because I, was, I lived for several years next door to his son, okay? Anyway, one day, Michael Weiser's um, phone rang at, shortly after they had moved there, and he picked it up, and he heard this message. You're going to be sorry you moved in, Jew boy. And after that, uh, Weiser received hate mail from this guy, this caller, uh, a guy named Larry Trapp. So Weiser called the police and learned that Trapp was a very bitter man. He had a long history of doing this kind of stuff. He was a man who was confined to a wheelchair and had terrorized countless blacks and, and Jews and Asians over the years. So Weiser uh, called Trapp's racist hotline. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Uh, and, and he sat through a 10-minute recorded hate-filled message uh, against non-whites. And at first, um, Weiser would call that number just to tie up the phone so other people wouldn't use it. <laughs> but then he started leaving messages. Larry, there's a lot of love out there. You're not getting any of it. Don't you want some? Larry, you'd better think about all this hatred that you're involved in because you're going to have to deal with God one day. 
Larry, the very first laws that the Nazis passed were against people like you who have physical disabilities. You would have been killed under the Nazis. Why do you love them so much? One day, while Michael Weiser was leaving a message, Trapp picked up the phone and yelled at him, What do you want? Weiser stayed calm. He said he knew that, that, that Trapp had a hard time getting around and offered to, to give him a ride to the grocery store if he ever needed it. And for a little bit, Larry Trapp could not talk. And then he said in a quiet voice, I've got that taken care of, but thanks for asking. That simple moment of kindness unlocked something in Larry Trapp. A few weeks later, he called Weiser and said, I want to get out of this, and I don't know how. Michael and Julie, Julie Weiser visited Trapp at his dingy little apartment. The three of them talked for hours. And when the Weisers were about ready to leave, Larry Trapp asked them to take away all his, his uh, swastika flags and KKK robes and white power paraphernalia. And over the following weeks and months, Trapp began to make amends. He, he called the people that he had, had been so nasty to and apologized and, and asked for their forgiveness. And when Larry Trapp's health began to fail, the Wisers invited him to move in with them. And his wife, Julie Weiser, quit her nursing job to care for him until he died. So, be kind. Who knows what God will do with it? Be kind, even to the wicked and ungrateful, because God is kind. Let's stand as we pray. Our Lord God, we are your people, and we live in a world that doesn't always know how to practice kindness, and we admit that there are times when it certainly isn't natural for us. Our, our nature says to attack back. And so, Lord, we pray that you will allow us to learn from you, to absorb your kindness, to, to learn to live in it, so that it can also overflow from us, even to those who deserve it least. Lord, this is radical stuff, and we ask that you'll help us to, to learn it and live it with you, under your grace, not on our own power, but in yours. We pray in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen.